And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking and don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. Hello and welcome to Graduate Theory. On today's episode, we are going to talk about following your passion. What does that mean and is that advice really something that you should be following? Following your passion is advice that's given by people all across the internet, all across the world. And it's often well-meaning advice. But as we'll see today, this advice is also a little bit flawed. Today we're going to dive into where this actually comes from, the idea of following your passion, and some critiques that have come out in the last few years, people that have investigated this further, and some general thoughts around why this might not be the best approach to making decisions in your career. Without further ado, we're going to dive into uh, where this first came from. So where did the idea of following your passion really start from? It's been around for a little while now, but when it first became popular was during the infamous Steve Jobs commencement speech back in 2005. This is a fantastic speech and has so many great points in it, but one of those was around following your passion. And we're going to play that part of the speech for you now. Here's Steve back in 2005. I'm pretty sure none of this would have happened if I hadn't been fired from Apple. It was awful tasting medicine, but I guess the patient needed it. Sometime life, sometimes life's going to hit you in the head with a brick. Don't lose faith. I'm convinced that the only thing that kept me going was that I loved what I did. You've got to find what you love. And that is as true for work as it is for your lovers. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking. Don't settle. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Isn't that fantastic what Steve shared with us there? And it's certainly it's a very noble pursuit, right? We all want to have a things that we do for work that we enjoy and that we love. Who wants to work somewhere and, and do something that they don't love and they don't enjoy, right? No one wants that. So obviously we all want this. So what Steve is saying is absolutely right. You, you want to find something that you'd love to do. But the problem we get into here is that this advice now gets told as something where you should start, think of things that you love, and then try and match your career to that. So, for example, if I like maths, then I should have a job in maths. Or if, if I enjoy, you know, going outside and, and exercising, then perhaps I should be a physio or something, something like that. You know, these are all, um, you know, interesting applications of this advice where we should do something that we love. And so start with something you do love now and match your career to that. That's kind of the, what we get taught as what this advice means. But when we think about this further, what we can realize is there are some flaws with this. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to investigate some of these flaws more deeply. And I'm going to call on some, call on some people that have thought about this in more detail. And we're going to hear from them. And so firstly, we're going to hear from Cal Newport. And Cal Newport is something, someone that I really admire. He, um, he's a professor, a podcaster, and a writer. He wrote one book that investigates this topic in a lot of detail called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And he wrote this back in 2012. So it's now 10 years old. But he um, recently on his podcast did a little recap of some of the core messages in the book. And in this video, he explains this idea of following your passion and how 
what it's meant to mean and what we take it to mean is slightly different and how you can start to think about, um, you know, why matching your passions to a job is perhaps not the right way to think about things. But I'm going to let Cal explain his thoughts and his, his rationale on this topic, and we'll hear from him now. And so I went and I researched and wrote this book uh, as a postdoc at MIT, trying to answer the question, how do people end up loving what they do? At the time, and continuing till today, the common answer to that question was follow your passion. By far the most common answer, especially in the American context. There are definitely some regional differences here, but definitely in the American context. It didn't take much pushing to realize that there are problems with this advice. Number one, a lot of people, and by a lot, I mean most, don't have clearly defined pre-existing passions that they can identify to then follow. Real issue if you talk to a bunch of, let's say, 22-year-olds just coming out of school and say, look, you got to follow your passion or you're going to be, you know, a miserable sad sack. And they say, well, what's my passion? I don't know. That's a problem. Second, there is not a lot of good evidence that matching the content of your work to a pre-existing interest is a major driver of satisfaction in that job. We just assume that's true. That advice just assumes that true. Oh, I like this thing. So if I do that for my job, I'll like my job. But we actually don't have a lot of evidence that that's true. We have a ton of evidence that other factors are much more important. Things like autonomy, things like mastery, things like impact, things like connection. A lot of other things that are really important for job satisfaction that have nothing to do with is the content of my work matching a pre-existing interest. And we, of course, have plenty of counterexamples of people who build jobs out of hobbies and are miserable. I mean, these are cliches. The, the baker, the amateur baker who's miserable as a professional baker, the amateur photographer who's miserable doing six wedding photography gigs per week. Uh, this is so common. It's a cliche that when you take what you love and say, let me make a job about it, you no longer love that thing. And that's because the things that makes you really love a job is not me really like this topic me job now has this topic in it. Me now really like my job. It's way more complicated than that. And the final issue, I'll throw in a third here, that I noticed when I was researching So Good They Can't Ignore You, is that if you just go out there and grab a bunch of people who love what they do for a living and look at their actual stories, nine times out of 10, they were not following a clear pre-existing passion. So I mean, if this is the universal advice we give, you would expect that it's what most people who love their job did. That's why we give this advice. Most people don't. And the reality is when you just ask someone casually who loves their work, what's your advice? And they say, follow your passion. What they really mean is follow the goal of ending up passionate about your work. They don't mean identify in advance what you're passionate about, match that to your job, and then you will love your work. That's not really what they mean. It's not really what they did. It's just a shorthand, but we interpret it as meaning we're wired to do one thing, match our work to that one thing, then we will love our work. That's not actually the way it works. Wow. Some really cool thoughts there from Cal. And to summarize his points there, of things that he thought were not really, uh, not great about the folly of passion advice. One was that we don't actually have clear passions. So most people don't really know what they're even passionate about. Uh, well, especially when you're young, you might not have anything that you're super passionate about. Um, number two is, you know, like you said, there's not a lot of good evidence that 
matching the content of your work to a pre-existing interest is a major driver of satisfaction. And then number three, and this is something that I've really seen a lot of as I've done um, a lot of podcasts, you know, we now we've interviewed over 30 people on graduate theory. And, you know, one of the key themes is, is exactly that, is that most people don't actually follow this advice. So most people that, that get up there and say, you know, follow your passion, um, you know, whatever, they, they didn't actually do that. <laughs> you know, they, they sort of did, did something and ended up being passionate about it later, rather than starting with an existing passion and then matching a career to that. So that's something that I've absolutely picked up and something that even in my personal life is something that's been true is, is things that I've enjoyed doing haven't necessarily been something that I was passionate about before I started doing them. And certainly many successful people that you go, you go out and almost take any successful person, uh, chances are they didn't do it this way. You know, they didn't start out with some crazy passionate about a topic, um, or about a, about a career or a job, and then somehow turn that into the thing that they do for a living. Often passions come after, uh, after you decide to do something. Another piece of advice that I found online, um, around this topic was a fantastic talk by Ben Horowitz. So Ben Horowitz is a co-founder of A16Z, which is one of the world's biggest venture capital firms. Um, and he gave a talk to the graduating class of university, uh, at the university of Columbia in 2015. And this is a really, really fantastic talk. All of the, uh, links and videos that I've shared here will be in the show notes somewhere, but so I encourage you to go watch this later, but this is fantastic. And, the, and he has some really good thoughts again on, on passions and why following your passion isn't necessarily the best idea and kind of some sort of points, uh, some problems he thought with that and, and what you should do instead, right? Um, cause it's, it's important to know, right? If we don't have, uh, if we're not going to follow our passion, you know, what are we going to do instead? <laughs> and so I like what he had to say here and um, here's Ben sharing with us. So don't follow your passion. Now you're probably thinking that's a really dumb idea because everybody who's successful, and if you poll a thousand people who are successful, they'll all say that they love what they do. And so the broad conclusion of the world is that if you do what you love, then you'll be successful. But we're engineers and we know that that might be true, but it also might be the case that if you're successful, you love what you do. You just love being successful and everybody loves you. It's awesome. <laughs> so which one is it? Well, I think to, to figure it out, you kind of have to go back in time. You have to back off when you were successful to like right now when you're graduating as the class of 2015. And the first tricky thing about passions are they're hard to prioritize. Which passion is it? Are you more passionate about math or engineering? Are you more passion, passionate about history or literature? Are you more passionate about video games or K-pop? These are tough decisions. How do you even know? On the other hand, what are you good at? Are you better at math or writing? That's a much easier thing to figure out. The second thing that's tricky if you're going forward in time with this follow your passion idea is that what you're passionate about at 21 is not necessarily what you're going to be passionate about at 40. Now, this is true for boyfriends as well as career choices. <laughs> the third issue with following your passion is, excuse me, 
little trouble with the throat, is you're not necessarily good at your passion. And has anybody ever watched American Idol? So you know what I'm talking about. Like just because you love singing doesn't mean you should be a professional singer. <laughs> and then finally and most importantly, following your passion is a very me-centered view of the world. And when you get, go through life, what you'll find is what you take out of the world over time, be it you know, whatever, money, cars, stuff, accolades, is much less important than what you put into the world. And so my recommendation would be follow your contribution. Find the thing that you're great at, put that into the world, contribute to others, help the world be better, and that is the thing to follow. That's a really interesting piece there from Ben. And what we heard from him there was an interesting distinction about kind of this chicken or egg problem. Where is it you follow your passion uh, and then love what you do or do you love what you do and then become passionate about it second? And I think that was a really uh, interesting thing there. And certainly it seems um, from the people that we've seen and, and things that we've heard so far that it's, it's definitely more of the uh, you become passionate as, as, you in, as you get better at what you do. <laughs> definitely seems to be the case. So to summarize kind of what the things that Ben said there, which is a lot of similar things to what Cal had to say as well, was, was you know, reasons why we wouldn't want to follow our passion and then decide what to do is that often we don't have clear passions. Um, our passions change over time. So something you might be passionate about when you're younger might not be when you're older. So that makes it hard to, you know, have a career that's based on your passion when it's changing. Um, you know, you might not actually be good. And that was a really good example about uh, American Idol or whatever talent shows that you might have seen, you know, people can be passionate about things and not very good at them. <laughs> so certainly that might be a reason not to have it as, as your career if you're not actually good at your passion. And and I loved what he, he finished with there, which was around, you know, let's do something that can benefit the entire world and, and let's do something that can put some good into the world and, and perhaps you can be passionate about you know, providing something great for the world. And and, and that can be something that you, you're passionate about and, and build your career on, um, rather than it being, you know, how can I get my needs met? Um, and so I thought that was really interesting and really, um, interesting piece there from him. And so I think we've, we've covered a lot of, a lot of ground here. I think it's, it's clear to me and it's, it's through my experiences, people that I've spoken to and even more clear as I've been researching this topic and, and hearing from these people, um, when, when I've been researching this episode, that our passions should not be what, what uh, things that we use to decide what we're going to do. You know, things that we're passionate about are things like, you know, sport and, you know, uh, and, and fun things, right? Um, whereas the things that we're going to have a career for are things that are meaningful, things that we can have a positive impact, you know, and we can develop passions for these things as we go on. And, and this is what's really important. Cal, Cal was explaining this well, I thought, where he was saying, following your passion isn't necessarily starting with your passion and then finding a job. It's more about we want to have the goal of becoming passionate about whatever it is that we decide to do. So we want to have our passion eventually, but it's not the, it's not the place to start. And I think that's really interesting and something that we can all do is that we can all strive to become passionate about what it is that we do. And that could be by becoming better at what you do. Perhaps that would give you more passion if you are better and you have more accomplishments in the field. Perhaps it's you're able to create a bigger impact and, and have a positive impact on, on others and on the world. Perhaps that will um, increase your passion for what it is you do. But, you know, these things are, are things that you can do and, and it's a, something that's worth striving for is 
you know, how can I become more passionate about the things that I do? Um, and certainly a way that you can increase your career satisfaction. One thing I want to finish with as well is this talk from Scott Galloway. Now, Scott is a professor of marketing at the, at the uh, New York University School of Business. He's a public speaker, author, entrepreneur, etc. Um, and he had a really interesting piece to say on this topic of passion as well. And I think um, he had similar thoughts to mine on you know what what you should do if not follow your passion. You know what else should you do instead? And we'll hear from him now. Uh, another one of my mentors told me that don't follow your passion. Uh, and that's always stuck with me. I'm like, what do you mean? Uh, and he said, well, find something you're good at. And at business school, what I notice is that every speaker always says, follow your passion. That's how they end their talk. What's your one piece of advice for young people? Follow your passion. What <laughs> Things that are passion, luxury, um, food, entertainment, sports, those are massively overinvested and a very small fraction, less than 1% of the people who find those things, are passionate about those things, are able to make a living at them. And God bless them, and there's a lot of very well-publicized wins around people who followed their passion and became fabulously wealthy. But what's so unusual about this is what I find is the people who always are telling you to follow your passion are already rich. And they typically, and they typically got rich following their passion of software as a service for healthcare scheduling. And it's like, oh, that was your passion? Let me tell you what their passion was. Anytime someone tells you to follow their passion, it means their passion was getting rich so they could buy a fat car and marry someone much better looking than them. That is their passion. What I would say is find something in your work that gives you joy and disproportionately allocate amount of time you can based on your credibility in the organization to that part of your job that just gives you joy. I think that's about a, as good as you can do, and then find something you're good at, such that you can develop the economic currency to live a nice lifestyle and spend more and more time as you get older following your true passion. I think he's absolutely right there with, let's start with the things you're good at, find a job that is doing the things that you're good at, and then let's try and get better at those. Let's try and do the things or the parts of the job that you enjoy the most, and try and build out your career to the point where you can you have some leverage to you know, work less or get paid more or whatever it is so that you can then start to spend more time on the things that you're passionate about outside of work. And I think that is a fantastic strategy and a fantastic way to wrap up this episode. I think I hope that you've seen through this episode that perhaps following your passion as a starting point isn't really the best idea, but the end goal is really to be passionate about the things that you do. Okay. And whether the passion comes before the job or passion comes as a result of being good at what you do, most successful people and most people that have, the, have great careers are passionate about what they do. And that is something that you should absolutely try and build. So I'll leave it there. I wish you all the best uh, going out and building that passion for what it is that you do. Uh, thanks so much again for listening to the Graduate Theory Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please consider going to graduatetheory.com where you can subscribe to the newsletter, you get my takeaways from each podcast episode straight to your inbox every single week. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. <laughs>